teammates that competed last week and last weekend first Ooh. to uh to matt and vernon who competed at the master worlds down in las vegas both of them went one victory one loss and shout out to our teammates uh frankie and and anthony who both competed at naga in santa clara uh frankie went one and one he lost his no gi match but won his gi match and anthony uh went up against uh just had just had one match and just lost a decision after it overtime and so won a silver medal in his division so congratulations to all you guys proud of you uh you have a teammate that competed at naga oh yeah this last weekend uh sean coach rocky from uh, golden pizza muay thai and magal jiu-jitsu had one match got the sick championship belt yeah I, I still one. love it that adults get the championship belt and kids get like uh, a sword for winning their division, want one, want one. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, it was interesting over at Naga. Was um, it was down at the Santa Clara Convention Center? I don't know if you've been there, Sean, but it's a it's a really big building across the way from Levi Stadium, and they have a number of halls. So Naga was in this one hall, like huge, like just this huge hall. But in a few halls down, there was the international wushu championship. Yeah. So you had kids doing weapons forms and I half jokingly told my teammates, Hey, you know, I'm here to support you guys, but to be quite honest, I kind of want to go watch the wushu kids because they look <clears throat> like they're having much more fun than you guys. <laughs> Speaking of the uh, wushu tournament, uh, after I did some work, I actually stayed at the same hotel. That place was going down. Uh, oh yeah, I did. So uh, my wife and kids, we went to Great America. It's not the same. Don't worry about it. Uh, oh, okay, it's I was kind about of to ask whether I should check it out. Before yeah, before. no, it's not all that okay. anymore. It's just old. Anyway, uh, so I was staying at the hotel where the convention center was, and uh, there was also football players from Oregon State because they were playing San Jose State over here, oh, okay. and uh, a lot of groupies. Let's just say that. Whoa, 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 really? Now, yeah. see that, see, that's a, that's worth a podcast episode on its own. Yeah, a lot of groupies <laughs> well, let there. Me, l- let me ask you, are, is there such a thing as MMA groupies? You know, I've seen some, but I, I mean, think they're usually like gym, uh, you know, those gym chicks. Yeah, but are they groupies? Because I always kind of feel like a lot of these fighters are already booed up. True. You know, they yeah, already have yeah. their their husbands or wives or their boyfriends and girlfriends at the event there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just never hear about a fighter like after they got done competing at Dragon House, completely whoring <laughs> it out somewhere in the Bay Area. You know what I'm saying? You're so right. Like, I don't yeah. hear about MMA groupies. So if anybody knows any stories of MMA groupies, please hit us up on our social media. I'm at Hopkey one on Instagram. I definitely want to hear those kind of stories. <laughs> 
I think there are though somewhere. But how how things been going with you, man? Good, man. Trained tonight. Kind of got uh, actually no yesterday, and I talked to uh, help teach the uh, little babies uh, jujitsu class today. I was um, training was good. Got submitted a few times. Kind of you know getting back into training. It's just a little uh, you know come back a little slow. Don't go too crazy, but uh, it was it was good. And what's, you, when's the next tournament that you're eyeing again? Remind us. I was trying to do September 30 at the end of this month, but I'm going to be in, I just found out I'll be in Richmond, Virginia for two weeks. Oh, okay. So Never I mind. come back on the 29th. <laughs> so I don't know if I'll make it. Okay. All right then. Well, we'll keep you all posted when Sean makes a decision on when he's going to go, oh, yeah. go get that gold medal. Let's go. Wherever he's at. <laughs> um, Let's go ahead and just talk a little bit something about something with, you know, more MMA related. Uh, there are a lot of situations that happen in MMA, Sean. So I want to kind of give you a scenario here. And you sure. guys that are listening right now, I want you to kind of just picture this and give us your thoughts on this scenario. All right. So let's say, for example, you're judging a fight. You're a judge of a fight. You're an MMA judge. Mm-hmm. Fighter A is inside of Fighter B's closed guard and they're near the fence. Okay. All right. They're near the fence. Okay. So fighter B though, from the bottom throws up a, an attempted guillotine, you know, essentially trying to do a front face lock choke from the guard. But from your angle, from where you're sitting as a judge, Sean, you can't really see how deep the choke is. Okay. You don't even know if it's really a threat, but fighter A who's on top, they're moving around as if they're defending it as if they're really trying to get out. Okay. So this happens for about 30 seconds. Fighter A finally escapes, pops their head out of the guillotine attempt, and then lands two elbows cleanly on top of, our, of, on top of Fighter B. Okay, And then they also threw two more elbows that from your vantage point, you're not quite sure if they really landed cleanly or not. Especially, you know, especially from where you're sitting, you're not sure from the angle. You know, they're near the cage. You're on the far side of the cage, for example. Yeah. So as an MMA judge, Sean, let me ask you, who won that exchange? If the fight were based on, if the, if that round were to be judged based on just that interaction right there in that, like, let's say 30, to, 30 seconds to 60 seconds of action, who won? I would say fighter B on the floor because he, uh, for him to so for one thing for him to grab a guillotine from the dude's guard i mean from closed guard that's you know he's winning right there and for him to keep it for 30 seconds i think he he's able to control posture and it's pretty much control 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 uh, the other guy he lands two elbows Wait, is it control or is it or are you basing that on control or are you basing that on the, the fact that hey maybe maybe it's close to ending ending the fight I think so because I think it's the latter. Uh, I think uh, mm. uh, the fact that his elbows versus uh, the the choke. I think the choke probably would end the fight a little bit faster. Mm. Okay. Like if if it was if it was done right. Okay, I kind of I can, all right. That's an interesting way to to look at it. I think I think most MMA judging would agree with you, Sean, in the sense that. The guillotine in in its in itself was more maybe more impactful and maybe mm-hmm. had, well, yeah. was more of a threat to ending the fight. But for me personally, I would probably give the that interaction to Fighter A for landing those two elbows. And here's why: 
and to see if you if, if, if you could see my point of view here. It's just like from my vantage point, I'm not exactly sure how close that guillotine was. Mm. Maybe he's just mm. holding on to the, the chin and holding the guy down. Who knows if he's really choking him. And even though, okay, but let's also say, okay, maybe he was kind of choking and maybe um, fighter A really is like trying to fight out of that guillotine. He pops up and he lands the two clean elbows. What we know about like head injuries and brain injuries, I just feel long-term like surviving a guillotine attempt. Yeah, that's tiring. But having to deal with what happens after you've been elbowed solidly in the head twice is something that's a little longer lasting. So in my head, I'm thinking that the two elbows are just more damaging, even though in the sports context, the guillotine was cl uh, closer to ending the fight. Does that make sense? Makes what I'm sense, saying here, totally. Sean? And, now, but now I think that you say it most, that way, yeah. yeah, but like, I think the way that they're training judges these days it's geared towards more what you're saying, Sean, like what looks closer to actually ending the fight. And yeah. to me, because of just maybe it's just my bias and my my caution when it comes to head contact. I'm just thinking like, look, was he close to getting choked out? Maybe, but he didn't. But I know he got I know the other guy got hit by elbows. I know that's going to have fucking lasting effects. For especially sure. What we know with uh, yeah. CTE. So. So I'm going to come up on the other side of this. I think um, like, okay, yeah, you can make the argument that the judging should be for the person on the bottom there, but I kind of feel like the person on top did something more life, life changing. <laughs> yeah. If that's make, if that makes any sense, Sean. Makes total um, sense. I think uh, like people that watch that same interaction and there, you could probably find examples of video like that guys online. So, but to let us know, like hit us up on our social media. Again, I'm Hopki1 on Instagram. You know, let me know what you think. Let us know how you would have judged that. Let us know what you value when you're watching an MMA fight. You know, Sean, a couple of weeks ago, pointed out correctly so that judges are being trained in terms of like, what does most, more damage and what yep. is what moves are closer to ending a fight? Which moves are impactful in terms of like closing out a fight? Um, so, you know, and, and I'm, for me, you know, having to like watch different combat sports, uh, coach in dif different contexts, I'm, I'm have to come to grips to, in terms of like what I consider effective scoring of an effective move. So I'm like, I'm all over the place guys. So help me out. All right. So yep. hit me up on social media. Please do. <laughs> uh, Sean, was there anything in the news that caught your eye in the MMA world, in the fight world? Yeah. Uh, there was, I guess they put out a new trailer or like teaser for the new UFC, uh, the EA Sports uh, UFC 5 game. Yeah, you know, and uh, two yeah. characters are playable, right, Sean? Which ones are those? Uh, Sean, Pierre, and Carlo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can play as Carlo, Carlo who only uh, gets a, a predicts fights wrong. <laughs> yeah, dude. And Sean, who's smoking a blunt on his way to the cage. There you go. <laughs> dude, we should create our own character. That would be pretty fun. But uh, that, So I think, you know, like in the UFC video game, you can create a character. Um, I don't think you could scan your own face yet. <laughs> Yes, to have your can. face on 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 the game. I think they're getting there, but I know for like uh, I believe for two K you yeah, can you do something like that for NBA two K, but I don't. I'm not sure if they're able to do that for. Uh, I think EA UFC Sports does too. it. For yeah. sure. I think they can, but 
That would be fucking tight, dude. Oh my god. No, I think people would totally like put their face on the most roided jack body <laughs> they could find in the cave. <laughs> oh, but anyway, but Sean, yeah, but it's interesting you pointed that out because uh I believe Mike Tyson and Muhammad Ali will be both uh, will be uh playable characters. Nice. On that game. Now I'm not sure if it's part of a DLC package of course uh, that you have to pay for extra for or you have to unlock it somewhere. Yeah, probably how huh? you probably have to it's probably DLC fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, so that that's new. Um yep. in other news, um I don't know if you know this, Sean, but there's a there's a league called the Pillow Fight Championship. What? Um that apparently is super fun. Um, they give points for like style, uh, knocking someone down. You just can't punch or kick each other. You can't grab each other, just hit each other with these pillows that have handles. But guess whose lawyers went after the pillow fight championships? The UFC. (laughs) And what they did is that they went after the pillow fight championship for their logo. The pillow fight championship used the the PFC. They used the color red. And essentially the UFC said, well, people are going to confuse this as being part of our company. And so PFC to try not to go head to head against a a big sports league like the UFC changed their lettering to orange to try to like uh, quell that. So we'll see how that goes. Honestly, if you see the lettering, there's, there's no way a reasonable person would think they're the same league. Yeah. and, And by the way, it just also seems like, pillow fight championship looks a lot more interesting than that stupid ass um, slap fight shit that the UFC has been trying to (laughs) shove down everyone's throat through their YouTube channel. Fucking a man. Uh, But in also in more legal news, the uh, UFC antitrust lawsuit, uh, and they set a trial date for April of next year. So that thing is going to be moving along really fast. Um, again, we will keep you posted as that gets closer. Well, we'll see what goes on with that. This has the potential to really change the industry. Um, so we'll keep our eyes on that. Uh, any other any other things that pop up in the news for you, Sean? Yeah, uh, looks like Laura Sanko is going to be making her pay-per-view debut. First time a woman has been on the commentator uh, role uh, in the UFC. For so, pay-per-view, right? Yeah, so that's huge. Mm-hmm. Huge, huge news for for her and uh, women in general. And just a reminder, Laura Sanko uh, trained in martial arts. Yeah, has fought, fought in MMA. Very um, passionate, easy about the on sport. the eyes. Easy, and that's the most important thing to Sean. Apparently, yes, easy on the <laughs> eyes. Great Instagram. <laughs> and and um and in other news, reportedly, um uh. One championship MMA queen, Angela Lee, uh, a sister of uh, MM, of uh, one championship uh, um, champion, Christian Lee, um, uh, apparently announced her retirement. Sean, what do you think? I mean, you know, that's her choice. I mean, she's pretty much on top of the world. Probably just traumatized her, man. Like there's been a bunch of rumors uh regarding what happened to her sister and you know they're keeping it real secret but th- there's people talking and uh, a lot of yeah. people have been talking and also apparently they closed their martial arts gym too. yeah and you know so. that, that it's it's one of those things so good for her i mean it's hard yeah hard she, to speculate yeah. she had a good career and you know after sometimes sometimes after a while you know she has a kid as well yeah sometimes you've had enough of the life and you want to do something else um so 
shout out to my teammate Arthur Lee from Kohala Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu uh, for uh, pointing that out, reminding me about that in Jiu-Jitsu this morning. Yeah. And um, and so, uh, what's a what's a favorite MMA memory of yours of regarding Angela Lee, Sean? I think it was probably uh, probably her fight against. I think it was her first or her second fight with Zhao Jingnan. I think it was when she lost her belt. And I think she gained it back by being her. Also, the fight with Stamp was also a great fight because I was rooting that for That was Stamp. a good fight because she got seriously hurt in that one. Yeah, and then came she back. used her grappling to kind of control control what happened right there. I was like, so, Stamp's going to do it, but fuck. Yeah, I mean, you see, she, you know, Angela Lee was a champ for a reason. She did like real champ stuff, yeah. really dug in and didn't let the moment be taken away from her. What so, about yours? I, you know, I was going to go with that stamp fight just because, you know, I was rooting for stamp in that, in that fight. Uh, and I, when stamp hit her with that body shot, I thought, Oh yeah, like we're it. about to see a new championship. But then like <laughs> Angela Lee is just super smart, super smart. She didn't try to turn it into like a slug fest with her. She went right to the grappling where uh stamp is weakest when it comes to MMA. Yeah. Uh, so she knew how to, to play the game correctly. So it's real championship stuff by Angela Lee. And so if this is truly the end of her MMA career, you know, she, um, you know, uh, the other fighters in one championship got some pretty big shoes to fill. Yeah. Pretty big shoes to fill is because she accomplished a lot in a really short amount of time. That fight with Stamp coming up is going to be a really good fight, though. Yes. I yes. So we'll, as, as we get closer to the end of september guys you know which podcast you want to listen to yeah. as we break that down okay you know which one it is the karate combat podcast <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> no you want to listen to us son you want to listen to combat. us okay and speaking of supporting us uh again i want to shout out our teammate uh arthur lee for uh sporting one of our new shirts off of Amazon, the hey, Shut Up White Belt hey. t-shirt, which is available on Amazon. Guys, look for the Mighty Beast podcast on your search engine. Um, when you go uh, looking on Amazon, uh, look up for Shut Up White Belt. We, we've got some more some some more interesting things down the line for our uh, t-shirt design. Sean is burning the midnight oil, making this good stuff happen <laughs> for you. Burning the midnight oil. You know, he... Yeah, Sean's, Sean's got like a full-time job. He's got 10 kids, three wives, yeah. and he's still got time. To like and I'm a Mormon. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Sean, you're, you pay more attention to this than I do, but remind me, when is Tyson Fury supposed to box Francis Ngannou? Is that supposed to be? Is, they're they're making like the the uh, the media rounds Dude, the past know. couple of days, and I, I hate to. Uh, it's not this weekend, is it? It can't no, be this weekend. It's not this weekend. Okay, well they're we'll they're starting early on the media round, so yeah, good for them. So we'll see how far. Uh, hopefully the like the, the investment pays off. Um, that these guys get paid out for this circus, um, and we all get entertained by that shit. Um, before we go on to recapping last weekend's MMA action, just a quick shout out uh, for uh, this weekend, uh, Pacific Ring Sports fighter and Phuket Singha fighter, Andrew uh, Southpaw Cap hey. on Instagram. He's fighting again this weekend Whoa. in Thailand. Uh, busy, busy guy. He's getting that action. And also this weekend, 
some of my friends from Pacific Ring Sports are fighting at the A1 Combat uh, oh, Muay Thai Muay event. Thai. The, yeah. That's the one that's owned by Uriah Faber, I believe. Nice. Uh, up in Sacramento, uh, my friend uh, Darren Lynn, he's going to be fighting for his first uh, amateur Muay Thai belt um, this Saturday. So I'm going up to Sacramento this weekend to go uh, support and scream his name really loud nice. and and you know, ooh wee every time he lands a kick and of ooh ah, every time he lands a punch and do whatever it takes to help make sure that the, the decision is swayed toward my guy's, uh, um, my guy's uh, corner. So, and, oh, and also, <laughs> I, I'd be stupid, I'd be really like stupid not to shout this out. Uh, last weekend, I mentioned that, or <laughs> uh, last week, I mentioned that this past weekend, um, Omega martial arts fighter, our oh, guy, Ray, Ray, Ray Valetti, uh, fought in Hawaii last Sunday and won a decision in Honolulu against a very tough opponent. Uh, I was watching it, the live stream in my kitchen in the first round, Ray landed a spinning elbow that knocked the guy down. I Sheesh. nearly broke my kitchen table and was screaming in my, I'm pretty sure my neighbors thought it was crazy. Uh, so congratulations to Ray and congratulations to Ray's student. He brought out his student, Maya Gibson, and she won uh, a tough decision against one of uh, Hawaii's local fighters out there. And so both of them right now, uh, uh, living it up after a victory and they're enjoying themselves after a long training camp and a good fights. So they're in, in Hawaii. I think they're back this weekend. So congratulations, you guys. Hey. Uh, thank you to uh, coach Armando always holding it down when I can't make it out for these things and uh, proud of you guys. So that's Omega martial arts and grind ambition. So Bay area. Let's go. <laughs> oh, that's a uh, October 28th is fury and Nagano. Oh, okay. So they, it's time. good that they're like, they're, they're doing the media circuit now. Yeah. So, and uh, you know, again, it is a circus stuff, but you know, like get that bag. We'll touch on it as we get closer to that guys. So yep. don't worry. I won't completely ignore it. I know I can't, especially with Sean. <laughs> Sean will remind me to talk about it, yeah. <laughs> but let's go ahead. Let's turn back to the business of MMA, Sean. Cause last Saturday, um, UFC fight night, took place in Paris, France, Paris, France, headlined by heavyweight Cyril Ghosn versus Sergei Spivak. And I'm going to take a shut up white belt uh, <laughs> thing right here. Cause I thought Spivak would try to turn this into a grappling match and he just could not do anything against Cyril Ghosn's uh, striking approach. And Cyril Ghosn gets the TKO in the second round. What did you think of this fight, Sean? I think I called it pretty good. Um, funny yeah, you, you say called this one right. Yeah, funny you say shut up, white belt. It's a shirt that you can get. Uh, link is in the bio, by the way. Um, yeah, yeah. Please check it out, guys. Yeah, he, he did pretty much what I was what I was talking about. Uh, kept Sergey at bay with his jab. You know, used a lot of these teeps and kicks, and you know, Sergey didn't have anything. He he just kind of looked mid at best. And, uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, Cyril Gunn was just picking his shots at, during that second round and Sergey had just no answer for him. And if you wanted to make, you know, if you wanted to put a, uh, I call it one of those, like a seminar right there where he just kicks the shit out of him and man, he got the performance of the night. Also it sucks that his freaking house, man, his house got robbed. Oh yeah. Let's talk just a little bit briefly about that. Sean, Fuck, explain man. what you're, what do you mean by that? So apparently, what happened. apparently when uh, he was fighting, 
uh, I guess there's residents out there in in uh, in France got robbed and they took yeah, about his house like got robbed while he was a quarter of a million nuts. dollars worth of shit and then apparently he was also having like a a party downstairs from the hotel. I heard it was like kills cracking because you know he's a big deal out there, but he gets robbed. <laughs> fucking ass man just uh, talk about taking the fucking joy out of a situation out of a night god man so all right so after this what do you do with Cyril gone you know i think he needs to change up his training i honestly like even though he won so uh dominantly yeah i mean for him for them to kind of i don't know if they're neglecting the whole grappling aspect or or i remember you criticized this camp in the past yeah like they're it's you know, like that that guy, Ferdinand, whatever, he was also Francis Ngannou's coach for a little bit. You know, like, look look at what happened to Francis Ngannou. Like, he kind of evolved as a fighter while, you know, Cyril Gunn. When, like, when he went away from him, right? Yeah, this was kind of the perfect uh, opponent for him to come back and make a statement. So it's like, okay, put him up against the, you know, maybe like a Curtis Blaze again or like a, I want to see him do go up against another grappler. I mean, I, I, you can't kind of vindicate him for to have a title shot or being a title run if you know he didn't really fight anybody mm-hmm. like this dude was number seven i don't know why he's number seven but i mean look i mean really underperformed yeah in that know. case but i mean looking at this is if is gone one of those like still top tier contenders like a threat to John Jones. I don't think so. Like, I think if, mm. if Sergey Spivak was in on a takedown or, if, uh, Cyril Gaunt showed, uh, that he was like, you know, really struggling with the grappling, but kind of like toughed it out and still wonder, like finished him. I think if the fight was a little bit more compelling and the matchup was just a little bit closer, I think, you know, that, that would give him a little bit more, but it, at this point, not, not really, not at this point. It just didn't look like it was just like, okay, is he really champ material? Yeah. It's just, no, it just looked like he kind of dominated someone who un- underperformed and underwhelmed. I mean, he he's kind of gotten the fast track a little bit. You know, he's fighting people. You know, he fought Ty Tuivasa. You know, Ty was just so much smaller than he was, and he looked and Cyril Gaon looked so amazing in that. It, it, you know, mm-hmm. he just has the right opponent right now. All right, all right, all right. That's a good point. Okay, let's quickly talk about the coming event: uh, female flyweight bout versus uh, Manon Furo. Uh, versus Rose Namajunas, who moved up um, from straw weight to take this fight. This had some implications because if Namajunas looked good, people thought, hey, maybe a potential flyweight title fight. But Rose um, drops a unanimous decision uh, against Furo. Furo gets the decision win, looking pretty good. I'll say this, Namajunas didn't look boring like she did in her last fight against Color Esparza. Um, but now, so what do you do with Nama Yunus? Does she go back down to straw weight? Does she try to get a better matchup at flyweight? What's going on here? You know, there's a lot of matchups for her at flyweight. So, I, I mean, this doesn't really stop her trajectory. And I think, you know, the first round was real tough. She did break her, her pinky uh, in that first round. And mm-hmm. you know, she couldn't get, win any of the grappling exchanges. And she still kind of still looked good. She just looked a step behind. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Fiora was throwing the harder punches. And, you know, she kind of has that recipe where a lot of women fighters and a lot of new rookie fighters, you know, they don't really get their footwork right. And whenever they throw, they kind of like step into like, uh, 
almost to the clinch because they're throwing so Over, hard. Overcommit. Yeah. Into yeah. So, you know, Fiora kind of has that lockdown and she, you know, she could, she showed that she could, you know, fight against former champions and, you know, she did, and, you know, Rose did look still undersized and uh, Fiora kind of exploited that. Like we knew she was going to be the bigger fighter and her, her combos were just too crisp. And every time Fiora was hitting Rose, you could see, you could visibly see Dominus feel those punches and it wasn't yeah, the other was- way around. It was impactful and effective. So what do you do with Furo? What do you do with her? She just beat a pretty big name, even though it was, it was a big name that came up from a smaller division. But now, like, what happens to Furo's stock? I think it goes up. And yeah, uh, this weight class in the flyweight division for the women's flyweight division, it's pretty wide open. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Lexa Grasso and Shevchenko are fighting in a few weeks. So it's... It might be good timing for her to come in, but who knows if she's ready. And then there's, you know, there's also other people in line. So I think she has a good shot, though. All right. Okay. Any other fights on this card from last weekend in Paris that you wanted to shout out, Sean? Yeah. Some performance that caught your eye. Yeah. You know, the top three on the bill, uh, they were all French uh, French fighters. Benoit Saint-Denis looks like a fucking killer in there. Mm -hmm. Um, Wins by a KO versus Thiago Moises. Yeah, then there was the uh, Morgan uh, Charcherie uh, versus uh, Manolo Zucchini. That was a pretty good fight as well. And then uh, Morgan takes the first round TKO. Yeah, and then I was talking about Freed Basharat on the prelims versus uh, Clayton Rodriguez. Man, that was a pretty damn good performance by uh, Freed Basharat out of Vegas. You know, I've been talking about him, pretty high on him in in the bantamweight division. Submits the Brazilian. And, you know, this dude, Clayson Rodriguez, he was on a trajectory where he was a pretty hot prospect. And Basharat brothers are coming up, man. All right, guys. So keep your eyes out for Basharat. And uh, let us know whether um, any of our picks helped you with any of your uh, gambling habits when it comes <laughs> Give to, us some money. to DraftKings or whatever. Like, don't blame us. I just want to know, okay? Don't yell at us if like you got something wrong because of us. All right, we're trying to. F- I'm just, I'm just guessing too, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, really fast in terms of other action from last weekend um, one championship had another one Friday fights at Lumpini um, that's pretty good a lot of Muay Thai but in the uh, MMA world there was a there was one MMA fight between two people and now I'm gonna try to do this Sean okay <laughs> the winner of this fight which was caught at a, at a catch weight at 139 pounds in MMA a unanimous decision win for the fighter from Kyrgyzstan. Oh, shit. Their name is Ilimbek Alkibek Ulu. Whew. And he fought someone from Uzbekistan. That fighter's name is Gadzimurad Gassan Guseyanov. Woo! Yes! Wow. I did it, Sean. I said these names correctly. I'm pretty sure I got it right, y'all. So, uh. There you go. So that was your MMA action in one championship. <laughs> Some good fights on this card, though, man. Yeah, I mean, like, guys, check out one's one's uh, Friday fight series because there's some dope ass fucking action that's coming off of that. But let's look forward to this weekend. Here's a big one for this weekend, Sean. Oh, okay. Man. Uh, UFC 293, uh, headlined by the middleweight championship, Israel Adesanya, the champion, going up against. Sean Strickland, who's ranked number five at middleweight. Just to give you a, uh, a, 
a view of what people think of this fight, Sean. Uh, Israel Adesanya is opening as a minus 600 favorite. Oh, my God. Sean Strickland, a plus 440 underdog. We know that Sean Strickland isn't going to try to grapple. <laughs> okay. He's a striker. We know that Israel Adesanya has made a career out of picking apart strikers. Does Sean Strickland have a chance in this fight, Sean? I think he has a Does your namesake have a chance? <laughs> I think he has a puncher's chance. I mean, if he can put together uh, some combinations and some flurries that, you know, once you get into a firefight with Israel Adesanya, it's, you know, it's a wrap. So I well, think Sean Strickland so, needs to make it a dirty, dirty, dirty fight. So when you say a dirty, dirty fight, do you mean, does he have to turn it into a brawl? I think so. Yeah. I okay. mean, I think that's his only, his only way to win. Cause I mean, if he does try to grapple with him, I'm sure, you know, it's probably going to be bullshit anyway. Cause they both probably can't grapple as good as they say they can. <laughs> uh, but I just feel like Izzy just has the cleaner striking and it's, you know, he, he's really good at keeping people at, you know, at distance with his leg kicks and his, just his kicks in general. So what's the striking approach approach that you feel Strickland should apply like what technique should he be going for that will give him the best chance to create those openings he needs to make this into a messy fight against Israel? I think he has to be first and probably slide to the side and try to counter. Like, I, like if should he should he try to blitz? Wait, you you mean you're saying that he should actually wait for Israel to start first and try to counter Israel? No, I no, I think Strickland should be first, and he should try okay. to counter Izzy on the on the counter. Oh, okay, so be first and last. Yes. Okay. I think All if right. you can pull that off, which is probably impossible for him at this point, I think, you know, Izzy's just been doing this for so long that, you know, it's going to be But you think there'd be any value in Strickland, like, say, for example, leg diving as if to do a takedown, but then just immediately disengaging and firing off like a three-punch combination? I don't know. Is that or, or that's not something that you could see Sean trying to pull off because that's just not in his game. Yeah, I mean, he. I'm sure there's a game plan in place for them, but shooting, it's probably Plan C. <laughs> shooting if he got hurt, right? Yeah, oh, I'm hurt. Sure. Okay, I better try to wrestle him. <laughs> yeah, so I think Izzy probably. All right, so what, yeah. so Israel by knockout, you're saying? I say maybe TKO third. Third round. Third okay. round, yeah. All right. All right. I'll probably go with that. I'll probably go with that. Um, it's, it is hard, especially if you take him at his word. If you take Sean Strickland at his word, it is a little bit hard to find a path to victory here. Sean Strickland is known for being able to kind of overwhelm a lot of his past opponents with his relentless punching uh, approach. But Israel Adesanya has made a career out of piecing up people that come at him with that type of approach too. Yeah. So, and um, so, well, we'll see. That's why they fight the mm -hmm. fights. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the co-main event, the heavyweight fight between number six, Tai Tuivasa, who you mentioned oh, earlier, versus Alexander Volkov. <clears throat> uh, this one's going to be pretty tight. Tai Tuivasa opening as a plus 164 underdog. Volkov, a minus 198 uh, favorite. Well, who do you got for this one, Sean? You know, I'm going to... It's too bad. You know, Ty is such a fan favorite and he's a hometown guy. I just feel like Volkov is, is, 
one, he's too big. Two, if you thought mm-hmm. fighting Gone was bad, uh, Gone couldn't grapple anyway. If Alexander yeah. Volkov can get grab a hold of you and put you on your back and just beat the shit out of you on the floor, he'll probably do it. So it's crazy. Vol- Volkov's yeah. grappling, like you mentioned, like his takedown accuracy is at seventy percent. Yeah, um, that's pretty. Taito Vasa's takedown defense is at fifty-two percent, though. So I mean, there's a chance they could keep it there. But when you also talk about the significant strikes uh, landed per minute. They're around the same, actually. Volkov almost a little higher, 4.89 per minute to Taito versus 4.1. Although I'll say, when you're talking about significant strikes and power differential, I mean, Taito Vasa has got some goddamn hammers in mm-hmm. both of his hands. Of course. You know, Alexander Volkov has been knocked out late before, but I just, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Volkov. I think he probably finishes him also in the probably first round. Yeah, I mean, Tai Tuivasa doesn't look like the kind of person and history shows that he's not the kind of person that kind of like waits a long time to get into the action. Yeah. Um, he wants so, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I got I got to I think I got to agree with you. I think Volkov just has more ways to win. How about Ty with a set of, hair, set of hair on him? Right I'm now. sorry, what? You should see Ty's hair right now. She's just he's got a majestic mane. Oh, does he? Yeah, because <laughs> his fight photos still show him as like uh, having a almost Fade. like a crew cut. Yeah. <laughs> Time God. to update that shit, UFC. <laughs> what about, other fight on this card caught your eye? Yeah, there's that flyway fight right under the co-main. It's Manel Cap versus uh, Felipe Dos Santos. Felipe Dos Santos, I think, was supposed to make his debut on the Contender Series, but I think that fell through somehow. And then Manel Cap was supposed to fight Carcar France. They had some words today at the press conference. But El Cop's mm. got a mouth on him. Oh, wow. Spicy. Yeah. So that should be a good fight. And then there's uh, also Justin Tava versus Austin Lane. I think Austin Lane was a, he was a former football player. I think he got drafted in the NFL or something like that. Tyson Pedro versus Anton Turkali. That's a, that's going to be a pretty good fight. Carlos Olberg versus Daewoon Jung. I, apparently, I hear Carlos Olberg gets all the bitches. What I hear? <laughs> yeah. Dude. In fact, I think that's in his fighter profile, guys. He if you look him up. All the bitches. <laughs> so. Five years boxing, ten years jujitsu gets all the bitches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, city kickboxing is well represented in this uh, this event. So, uh, other than that, I think that's, yeah, because that's again, it, reason why, guys, it's taking place in uh, Sydney Olympic Park, Australia, at the Kudus Bank Arena. So that's why you guys use all these down under fighters yeah, representing in this, on this event. There was a, there was a meme on uh, Instagram where they showed the fight card photo of Adesanya and Strickland. And there was a stream button <laughs> right in between them. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Fuck. Some, someone's been spying on your life, Sean. Everyone yeah, knows like, that stream, you watch these fights. Stream this one. <laughs> so I'll be streaming it. <clears throat> Uh, <laughs> but even though it's it's in down under, guys, this fight is going to happen. I mean, for us here on the West Coast of the United States, uh, set, uh, main card starts at, uh, um, I believe, 7 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. Dude, Am I correct? I how about... That's a norm, normal big time pay-per-view, guys. How about this, though? How about Game Bread fighting or Game Bread bare knuckle MMA Junior Dos Santos versus Fabricio Verdum is also this Saturday. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that one. First of all, um, 
Well, first of all, let's talk about what do you feel? How do you feel about the whole bare knuckle aspect as it relates to the MMA context? You know, I kind of like it. It it kind of brings it back to the primal stage of MMA, but it's, you know, the the great thing about this is they put some notable names on here. There's a couple UFC vets, obviously Junior Dos Santos, Fabricio Verdum, Maki Bitolo, uh, Brandon Davis, Brandon Jenkins, Anthony Njikawani. Those are some big names uh, from back in the day, but I kind of like it. I kind of want to see what the cage looks like and what, what it all kind of consists of, but you know, there, we were talking about this before when you don't have gloves, you know, those submissions can sneak in kind of faster. You never know. And you have to be careful about what type of punches you throw. You can't be as careless yeah. as throwing them because you don't want to break your hands. So given that, uh, who do you have in terms of the advantage here for Breach mm. over Durham or Junior Dos Santos? I'm going to, especially with the fact that there's no gloves, like who, who has the advantage with that? You know, Dos Santos is striking. Hasn't been the same since the Kane era. Velasquez fight. Yeah. yeah. And the Kane Velasquez fight. If you haven't seen the weigh in, these guys are juicy, like juice. Yeah. They are completely fucking shredded. It is just unreal. They're shredded. I'm going with Verdun. And both these these guys are like 62 years old. Shredded. Wait, who are you going to go with? I'm going for Doom. I think he is. I think, uh, I know Dos Santos's uh, boxing is much, you know, probably much more crisp than for Doom's like Muay Thai or anything like that. But the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, this is still MMA. I still go for the guy that has more ways to win. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, and I'm curious that because that, because there are no gloves, whether junior will feel as free to throw as many punches as he used Mm. to back in his UFC days. And if he has to be more discerning about how he throws those punches, will it kind of almost hamstring him in a way? Whereas with Verdum and his grappling background, the fact that there are no gloves, it makes it easier for him to throw in certain types of submission attempts, such as guillotine chokes, uh, rear naked chokes, Mm -hmm. if he could take the back. But then again, you know, Verdum hasn't, is not known for being good at takedowns either. No. So, so this might turn into a stand-up affair and maybe a super boring stand-up affair because <laughs> both of them are afraid to break their hands. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. So it'd be very curious. Okay. So, um, that's also this weekend. Oh, it's actually okay. Friday. It's tomorrow. Oh yeah. It's Friday. Okay. Thank you. And speaking of Friday, um, also, on, uh, really actually six hours from now, uh, one Friday fights 32 on one championship at Lumpini Boxing Stadium. It's going to be mostly uh, uh, Muay Thai and some uh, kickbox. I think, it's, uh, actually, I think it's all kickboxing rules on this one. Whoa. So, uh, I mean, all Muay Thai rules on mm-hmm. this one. I don't think there's any, um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, okay. Mostly Muay Thai, but there are four uh, MMA fights on this card. So up and comers on that. So that's one Friday fights. Um, In terms of other things going on this weekend uh, in the grappling world, if you want to watch some of this stuff on flowgrappling.com, there's BJJ Stars Gladiators that's happening. There's the ADCC Chicago Open that's happening. And the EUG Promotions in Las Vegas, Nevada. And for boxing, two big events this week. Well, actually, there's one happening tonight. Um, uh, 
Raul Curiel versus Courtney Pennington happening Ooh. tonight in Indio, California. Uh, and also uh, in Canada on Friday, a super middleweight fight between Christian Mbili versus Damon Nicholson. So that's in the, the boxing world. Any other events that I kind of missed out on here, Sean, that I forgot to mention? Nope. I think you got them all. And again, you get like um, I believe there is a uh, um, a grappling event happening somewhere in the Bay Area this week, and I think really Santa Cruz. I think I think um, I think it's BGJ Tour. I'm not sure, is but it? if so, anybody who's in is getting involved in that, good luck, and also good luck to all the fighters fighting in Sacramento for the A1 uh, promotion. That's your favorite promotion. Um, again, that's something I mentioned earlier in the in the episode. So good luck to all you guys like um, getting in that, getting that work in. Okay. It's not easy um, competing. Okay. It's hard on, hard on the life, hard on the schedule, Sean, hard, hard on the kids, hard on the penis. But wait, (laughs) I I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm thinking of a different type of competition. (laughs) By the way, that's Santa Cruz, a BJJ tour. That is BJJ tour. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for for the ass. I remember someone mentioning that to me. Um, but you know, I get hit in the head a lot, so I forget the shit. <laughs> <laughs> Look, hey, how about Connor getting his black belt though? Yeah, you know, like, hey, you know, he he's been training in jujitsu for for I think over ten years now, so it's Good kind point. of about that time, correct? I guess. I mean, Kavanaugh's a legit black belt, so. Yeah. And speaking of like MMA people um, in the jujitsu world, also last weekend uh, at the Master Worlds, uh, MMA all time great Demetrius Johnson, um, 36 years old. So he went to the Master Worlds. He's a brown belt uh, and he won gold in his division (laughs) in a gi. All right. Can can you imagine you're like uh, you're a 36, 37 year old brown belt, you're a hobbyist. Maybe you're like, uh, I don't know, like an accountant or maybe you're like a nurse and you're like, hey, you know, I'm going to go to Vegas and like, you know, get into a competition out there, you know, probably go against some really technical people. No no one that's super explosive. And then you look across your back bracket and you see Demetrius Johnson, one of the greatest MMA fighters of all time. He's in your division. It's like, is, is that fucking Mighty Mouse? Is that fuck? That is fucking my dude. Like a friend of mine who was there was watching it. He texted me. He goes, "Oh Jesus Christ, Mighty Mouse is so fucking fast." And I actually, you could find his matches on YouTube, guys. Flow Grappling put oh, it up man. on their YouTube page. You could watch his uh, matches at the Master Worlds. He he is fucking lightning fast. Nobody nobody's able to get a grip on him and like control him. He's just hopping all over the place and like and he looks like he's having a good old time, like really enjoying the gi. Like he said something interesting, John. Um, you're mainly a no gi person, but he, yeah. he was talking about how he preferred gi because of all these different options you can use the gi for, and also Fuck. his experiences that but rolling around with the of no gi people, all they care about is entangling legs and, <laughs> uh, and and endangering ACL. And he, I think his exact words were like, "Yeah." Fuck that shit. I want to do gi. <laughs> Damn. Damn, I'm going to have to put a gi on shit. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Go and challenge Demetrius Johnson. Coming soon on the Mighty Beast uh, grappling circuit. <laughs> shit. I'm going to have to do some gi jiu-jitsu with you. Fuck. 
Oh, hey, dude, I'm almost looking for training partners. Hey, you guys, and besides, you're, you're helping out the kids. Don't they, they train in a gi, don't they? I uh, know. That's why. Oh, they, oh, you guys are doing no gi for the kids too. Okay, that's no, cool. Sometimes. That's cool. Sometimes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Anyway, well, that's going to round out your game, bro. Yeah, that's going <laughs> to probably happen though. We got to start grappling. All right. And then we'll, we'll let you guys, we'll, and what we'll do is we'll do two alternative episodes afterwards. So you'll have Sean give his take on what happened <laughs> and then, which is going to be bullshit. And then you'll get the truth from my side when I do my <laughs> episode, which will be the truth of how it went down. So folks. went in, <laughs> got him in a leg lock. Oil checked the his mighty, ass. The, <laughs> the mighty beast rivalry. The mighty beast it's oil checked. <laughs> the mighty beast. We'll start like naming these moves. <laughs> the mighty beast crotch ripper. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna do it for us, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're uh, done, That's yeah. gonna do it for it's us. Late. It's getting late. <laughs> uh, don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to share, and don't get to forget to like the podcast. Don't forget to follow us on our social media. Mine is Sean underscore Pierre underscore, and yours, Carlo. Hopkey one on Instagram. Don't forget to hit up Magala Jiu Jitsu in San Francisco, Fight Culture in Daily City, Omni Movement in Hercules, as well as Dynamite Donuts in Hercules and FTCC in Las Vegas. I'm at Hapkido USA in San Francisco. We're with our Coljaldo Brazilian Jiu Jitsu team and Golden Pizza Muay Thai team. Shout out to our friends fighting out of Pacific Ring Sports in Oakland this weekend. Good luck, guys. We're hella rooting for you. Good luck to Andrew Capurro out in Thailand. Good luck. And shout bro. out to Sensei John Rojas of Sama Martial Arts in Panol. He's weighing in tomorrow at 3 p.m. Not for a fight, but for a weight loss challenge. Hey. So it's one of those things where at the beginning of this workout program, you do a deposit of a certain amount deposit. of money. And if you lose a certain amount of weight, by a certain amount of by a certain time you get that money back so oh uh sensei jonathan i hope you get your money back yeah <laughs> i hope you've been dieting buddy we're rooting for you brother <laughs> shout out brother and if you guys haven't seen the uh, mike perry portion of ariel helwani's uh uh podcast it's fucking gold man it's pretty gold it's gold yeah so if you if you need your um uh, fill of douchebaggery content yeah. guys yeah check it out <laughs> check it out stay safe out there guys watch that pay-per-view Izzy's gonna take it take care guys peace peace